Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back. Everybody, shut up. Shut up. We're starting now. Shut up. All right. That's how, I, that's how I treat the audience. That's how I treat the audience that's not actually there. So yeah. robots don't have feelings. Any, all right. Anyway, guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley. Joined as always, by the number one producer in late night, Steve Wolomowski. Dave, how are you doing? Doing great. I always think I have to have something clever to say here, and I never do, so I'm just not even going to try. I'm, All right. I'm glad to be here. Boy, imagine that. Dave's not even going to try, you guys. Boy. <laughs> really, really changing things up on me here at the last second. We are coming to you live. Oh, on yeah. all On all play. Yeah, we're live, but actually, for real, like we like we used to lie to you guys. <laughs> but but, <laughs> but, we're, but we actually are live. Um. I want to start off tonight by really giving a big thank you to our wonderful audience. And I mean that because this is what we did. We decided we wanted to start putting some content on Twitch. Because because Dave and I were talking about like, you know, playing Minecraft and and that's pretty much just it. <laughs> just, we're going to yeah. transition to a gaming channel. Yeah, we're going to we're, gonna just, we're just going to be a gaming channel. Um, and I was like, but let's not do that until we game the system by getting Twitch affiliate before we actually start streaming games on Twitch. And our audience got together and they made it happen. So we are now actually affiliates on Twitch. Here's actually a live look at me when I found out that we're affiliates on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> That's just infectious. Yeah. Uh, and and also here's a live look at me when I found out that we were banned on Twitch 72 hours later. <laughs> I'm a pretty even kill person, I guess is what I'm. I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, but in other news, I want to check out this story right here. There was a lady. Like, remember how we had our little inside joke about Alan's dead baby flea market? Hell yeah. Yeah, because because I only I only deal in 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 post market product, you know, the dead babies. But here was a lady at a Walmart in San Antonio, Texas, that's looking for a live one. Check out this article right here from my San Antonio, Texas woman arrested for attempting to buy child at Walmart. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know that's something they offered. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, uh, you know, if you were gonna just randomly choose a place to find one, Walmart's, you know, like have you seen the shelves lately? Yeah, yeah, they're getting barren sections. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's, that's why she had to buy a child because she had a barren section. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that wasn't even a. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna that get better at that. That felt good because that wasn't even a joke in my notes. That just you, <laughs> Dave. You made that happen. I did. So yeah, very good. Feeling good. Uh, a Texas woman offered five hundred thousand dollars to another woman at Walmart in exchange for her oh. child while standing in line at self checkout last week, according to police. Um, Crockett Pound, uh, Crockett Police Department. Uh, sent over an officer. According to the arrest affidavit, the mother had a baby in a car seat and a one-year-old in the car. The The affidavit states that the woman began commenting on her son's blonde hair and blue eyes. Oh, she's looking for one of them pure bloods. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Then she asked how much she could purchase it for. <laughs> the mom tried to laugh off the comment, thinking that the lady was joking. However, she then offered her $250,000, and when rebu- rebuked, she followed her into the parking lot and upped her offer to 500000 uh, we actually have a. They actually have the uh, the picture. Do you have a picture of the lady that offered the money? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Oh Christ. man. Could That's you... terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. All right. Yeah. You know what? How about <laughs> how about we just don't revisit that <laughs> ever yeah, that's, again? That's that's gonna come back later tonight. Yeah. In a bad way. Yeah. I mean that looked <laughs> that looked less like the picture of a lady that wanted to raise a child and more one that wanted to consume a child. Yeah. 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 Um, all I'm, look, all I'm saying is, is $500,000 is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Babies are relatively easy and fun to make. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for you. Yeah, I just, I just watch. I mean, oh, shit. <laughs> You know what? That's two jokes now that were only made possible because you're here. So, so good, good, good on you, um, man. Yeah. Um, good. No, good on Mary. Good on her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you see all this stuff that was on social media about Neil Young, the the old the classic musician Neil Young? Did you see all that crap going on for him? Oh, Joe yeah, Rogan, lots of, Spotify. Lots of memes. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I know you get all your goddamn news from. <laughs> all right, sorry. We're we're trying to be more personable now that I'll we're on personal. Twitch. We're trying to be good. We're on our. We got to be on our best behavior now that we're. Excuse me. We're Twitch affiliates. Affiliates. And we're yeah, which is yeah, exactly. Um, so Neil Young made this big stink because he put he put his dusty old foot down. He gave an ultimatum. <laughs> to Spotify and said, if you're going to have someone like Joe Rogan on this platform spreading all this misinformation, then I don't want my catalog of music on here. It's either him or me. Do we have a picture of Neil Young? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there he is right there. Yeah. Um, Wow. That's a handsome... Yours have not been good. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, that's a a handsome scarf. (laughs) Hey, you know, the, all those old rockers always had those floral scarf things, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I literally read right before we started the show that it turns out he didn't win. It turns what? out, Yeah, it turns out Joe Rogan is staying and he's got to go. <laughs> Imagine that when Spotify pays like $50 million to have Joe Rogan and he is far and away the most watched and listened to program, including actual network television news. He gets to stay, and you got to go. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but I tell you what, I, I bet this and I bet this decision really enraged tens of fans. <laughs> dozens. There's dozens of them, Dave. Dozens of them. I, I saw a bunch of people making jokes because they were like, they they actually thought that it was Neil Diamond. They were like, "Sweet Caroline's <laughs> a really good song. I bet it gets yeah. lots of listens." And I was like, "That's that's not Neil Young. It's Neil Diamond." So. Wait, Those same people him? couldn't name a single Neil Young song, and so. Yeah, I only know that one song where his name comes up, and it's not in his band. 
Yeah, it's the, a su- the yeah, one it's I'm a, not allowed to sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, now that now that we're on all these fine platforms and we're monetized, we can't. We'll we'll get sued for copyright if you do too much music yeah. that's not ours. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, plus, God, that's yep. like, you know, I saw all these people like making that exact joke that you just tried to make, and yeah, Aaron, Aaron just did in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's actually our official Twitch mod. You know, you get one of those when you become a Twitch yeah. affiliate. They yeah. assign you a Twitch mod, and we got Aaron. And as it turns out, he's way more likely to get deplatformed than we are. <laughs> I don't know what that means for our chances. Um, Maybe he's like a distraction from from the, the actual show. They'll be keeping an eye on him. Yeah. Oh, he'll take a bullet for us. Yeah. Yeah, when the banhammer comes, they'll get him first, and then we'll be on the lowdown mm-hmm. for 30 days before yeah. we get our mod back. <laughs> I wonder who they'll assign to us after Aaron's gone. All right. Anyway, and finally this evening, before we take our first break, some big political news. Oh. Justice Stephen Breyer has announced he's retiring from the Supreme Court. No way. Court. Yeah. Do we have a wow. picture of Justice Breyer? Yeah, right here. Yeah, there he is. Oh. So I can't tell those. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell those people <laughs> apart. Uh, yeah. Oh. What? Oh, those. You, yeah. hey, hey, you be good, Dave. Don't you get us in trouble. Personable. personable. None, none of that poop talk tonight. Your, no. Your poopy mouth. No potty mouth. Okay, yeah. good. Um, honest to God, the only thing that really upsets me about Briar announcing his retirement is that he won't spend it in Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Boy, smooth transition there, Dave. I appreciate it. Oh. <laughs> Did I t- did I tell you what happened to my microphone the other day? It attacked you. Yeah, I was doing I was doing a segment with a guest that we have later on this very evening, and this boom arm literally fired off of my desk like a spring and stabbed me in the leg. Sounds like poltergeist activity. That yeah, and and the thing is, is that literally happened seconds before I was set to go on <laughs> with our guest. And I and I was mad at the time because I was like, why does this have to happen right now? But then I thought, but imagine if that happened right now, like yeah. when we're on live on air. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, exactly. I wish that had happened now because then people would have been like, oh, we got to we got to donate Alan and Dave some money to so Alan can go to the driving clinic for his gouged leg. That actually reminds me before we take the commercial break. We're live. I can yeah. prove that we're live because Aaron said, Lyle, it's the paywall portion on Twitch. So now you can tell that we're live. I can see the chat right yeah. there. A little more proof. We're not planning on doing an after party. Mm. But if we get $100 worth of donations between <laughs> now and the end of the show, then we'll do an after party. Yeah. I like, I like, I like how I like how I'm, I'm not, excited. I, I like how I announce that, and I yeah. look over at the monitor, and Dave is just going, yeah. And then he just put <laughs> his head down in his hands and started weeping silently. Uh, yeah, and Lyle says, oh my god, Alan is watching us. I'm always watching you, Lyle. Yeah. What's your What's your button for Lyle? Is it just, hey, Lyle? Hey, Lyle. Yeah. 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 Napoleon Dynamite. All right. Well, anyway, guys we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, our guest, Tom Mullen, 
is on from Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. We're going to be back after the commercial break with the meme of the week and the viewer mail. Stick around. <laughs> show everybody welcome back to the show i just remembered we have a sponsor for tonight's show oh. it's tennessee hot sauce company which i have right here check out it's tennessee hot sauce company this is one of their oh, jesus i don't know i probably should have pulled these up before the commercial break was over <laughs> but it's tennessee hot sauce over. company that's tennessee tn hot sauce this right here is the blood orange ghost and they actually have all the different flavors rated from personable to problematic. Yeah. Yeah, this that's... one right here is problematic. Ooh. I tell you what, we'll sweeten the deal. If Crack we it hit, open. If we hit, uh, yeah, I know, right? If we hit $100 in donations before the end of tonight's show, which is live, <laughs> so I'll know it, not only will Dave spend the after party here with us and then lose his job, I will drink. <laughs> I'll drink from the problematic bottle. Whoa. Yeah. We both get to suffer. Yeah. I already told you, I feel like this really isn't a big deal. Because, like, if you've done the chip, it's like, pfft, I yeah. washed the chip down with this, you know? <laughs> like, this actually muted the chip for me. So, <laughs> anyway. That's TNHotSauceCo.com. I think you go there and you type in promo code, it's too late. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they just, I think they just cancel your order. I'm not, mm. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think it would. I think the whole sponsorship thing would work better if we had some kind of like you know, some kind of a thing. A thing. Like, oh yeah, like, like we're, a promo like, code. Yeah. Yeah, like like where they would know. Oh man, look on all these or, sales we got because of it's too late. You know, affiliate link or something. Yeah, like right right now we don't have one. Which you know what that means, don't you? Is now all the sales they get, I claim that it's because of us. I did that. Yeah, they, you can only assume. Yeah, like I'm Obama. You didn't build that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. Yep. Maybe you should get some stock options or something. Adam Sikosin says viewers with money would help. Well, Adam, go <laughs> go knock on doors up and down your street with Ron Paul stickers and It's Too Late mugs and ask them. <laughs> and, and Tennessee Hot Sauce Company, have have a box of those too. Yeah. Tell, them, tell them if they'll give you 20 bucks to donate to It's Too Late, you'll drink out of the blood orange habanero bottle. All right. Anyway, um, I'm gonna open my fortune cookie. All right, I got I like another. I, I, yeah, I got another fortune. Remember, remember last week we opened fortune cookies and it said something really positive, and then and then we lost the clip, and so we had to record it again. And then the second fortune cookie told us to go commit a felony. <laughs> remember that? I remember um, that? Yeah. And then and then all hell broke loose on the stream. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, Dave, it did. I was I was trying to give you a pass on that, but since you brought oh, it yeah. up, no, the yeah, the PTSD was all right. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. I think I think we could probably I think we could probably set something up so that people can read this. Like, can't you just do yeah. another Allen cam and zoom it in right there? Like, isn't that something that you can do? Um, you know, you know what? Actually, it take, yeah, it would take some thinking. Yeah. No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to make another, I'm, I'm destroying like your hard work here, but I'll, I'm don't terrified worry. right now. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's, it's fine, dude. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Be Cause cool. see, look, there's, t there's two me's. But I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna zoom it way in. Like watch this. Pew. Hello, friends. Wow. All right. Can you can you can y'all read that? It says, in retrospect, it was inevitable. <laughs> like, I swear to God, like we don't wow. plan this. I just opened the cookie, right? Like, there's no way I could have known that's what it says. But the the cookie, look at this. Look. <laughs> it was inevitable. That's what we're going to say. All yeah, right. The whole. All right. Yeah. So there's a reason why we don't do production live. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Plan ahead. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of this because I feel like y'all are like in my in business. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Where's the remove button? There we go. All right. See your pores. Uh, <laughs> see, see your pores or see you are poor. Is that? No, no, yeah. Uh, I can see your yeah. pores. It's a nice yeah. camera. Thank you. <laughs> it's the only thing I still have that hasn't left me. Um, wow. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Dave. Yes, Alan. What time is it? It's time for meme of the week. And it worked. <laughs> We're so over time now because of that damn cookie. Yeah. For only ten ninety nine, you can let every visitor to your house know you're struggling. I am enough. enough. Do Do y'all have any of those types of things up around your house? I think we do. Oh. Well, I, I'll i say no more. Yeah, me too, because I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, you're, <laughs> it's over for you no matter what happens at this point. But, uh, but we do have a bonus meme. Check out the bonus meme. If the food runs out, we still have each other. Oh, it's wholesome. Yeah. Uh, Mary says, I clicked a green button next to the chat box and it did something with coins. Not sure what that was. Dave, I think <laughs> I think your credit card just gave five hundred dollars oh, no. to It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. I so see what happened. Yeah, yeah. Link yeah. your Amazon up to your your Twitch and, yeah. and just click around. Click around. Yeah. Hey <laughs> In my defense, I told people to subscribe with Twitch Prime. It's not my fault that they decided to go a step <laughs> further and just type in their credit card information in chat and hit enter, all right? But I took that as an invitation. You know, hey, on I the old, I, I have a cookie too. Do I know, oh, we... The time you're taking to ask if you can do it is time you could have been doing it. All right, yeah. All right, Here, I'll open it real quick. All right, real hold quick. on. All right. Oh, this is this is problematic. All right. Maybe, yeah, I should probably left you on during this. No, no, no. I, I need my readers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> A leader is powerful to the degree he empowers others. That's that's boring. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't you know. Have cooler Chinese places than us, I think. I don't know if that's still acceptable for our new Twitch partners. No. I don't know. 
but I mean, they're the ones who approved us for affiliate. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. like I feel like they've accepted responsibility. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's their fault. The only thing I'm seeing in chat is people yelling at each other on Twitch about about Twitch. So <laughs> this maybe this was a mistake. Are you enjoying the cookie? <laughs> yeah, it ain't bad. It's right. Still crunchy, so. Well, on that case, since we're now like 20 minutes over time, let's go ahead and answer the viewer mail. We haven't gotten any donations yet, by the way. I feel like it's unlikely that we're going to hit that donation marker because we're still 100% short. (laughs) Well, if you do the math, that's going to... Yeah, exponentially grow. But uh, <laughs> what's an exponential growth from zero to zero? <laughs> right. I didn't. I didn't do math. I don't. I don't do. I don't do numbers good. All right. <laughs> uh, Eric Eli writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, do you think Asian, Hispanic, Middle Eastern, Native? Why is it? It's going to be a racist viewer mail question. The very first one. We're right not, we're not going to make yeah. it on Twitch. You know that, right?" Mm. All right. Uh, it said where people feel left out of this black and white world. Huh. It, my my initial reaction was to say, I don't think those people feel left out. But ironically enough, I do, um, I do happen to have a significant other that is of a, of a, a oh. whiteness challenged oh, yeah. persuasion. Challenged. And, <laughs> yeah. And um, she tells me all the time that people just assume that she's a race that she's not. Yeah. Like they don't, you know, they just assume like, Oh, well you're, you know, you're Mexican. And I was like, well, Indian and Mexican do end with the same syllable. So I mean, they're practically the same people. Yeah. And then other people think she's black. So I guess what I'm saying is, is they're racist, but we are all inclusive on this channel, twitch.tv slash Allen underscore mostly. That's right. Sub today. Oh, even even if even if you're a different color, mm-hmm. you know, especially especially especially. There you go. I feel like saying even if probably didn't. <laughs> um, Problematic. Brian Johnson writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, I'm really I'm really happy with the people actually typing Dear Alan and Dave now. Yeah, it only took four and a half years. Mm-hmm. What Gentle is nagging. what?" What is a Lalbert? Um, you guys. I actually looked it up. I got, I got the tab. Okay. All right, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's a uh, a derogatory word for a self-proclaimed libertarian who embraces ideas of internationalism and leftism as opposed to nationalism and libertarianism on one or more issues. Whatever that means. I can embrace these nuts, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Got we him. got, yeah, got him. Take that, Brian. <laughs> I, well, that wasn't really even, that wasn't really directed no, at Brian. No. He just asked yeah. the question, but, you know. <laughs> uh, Soupy15 says, so gay. So we actually approve of subscriptions from gay supporters, too. That's Twitch. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Is it, though? I don't know. Uh, Ryan Seifert writes, Dear Alan and Dave. If you were stripped of your U.S. citizenship, what country would you move to? 
That's a good mm-hmm. question. It's a tough one. Have you thought about it? Not really. I mean, we're we're the beacon on the hill, the last bastion of liberty. Where else are we going to go? <laughs> first, okay. First of all, Lalbert, who's we? <laughs> it's our team, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, Liberland is 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 that technically even a country, or is that is that's all just a scam? It's just a Fed honeypot. Oh yeah. You know, there's a lot of mayors and stuff there. I think. Yeah. Is it? Isn't it like? Isn't it like Scotland or something where you can pay money and they'll like give, they'll give you one square foot of land and, and like declare you a lord and you get a title and all that shit? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they, I don't know where it's at, but I don't think yeah. it's as popular as Scotland. We'd all move to our own little one foot tract and yeah, wait out, Just the stand end. there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Celeste is right. Not the Ukraine. No, we've ruled no, that, that didn't one come out. Up. Yeah. Yeah, not the Ukraine. Um. I don't think there's going to be a war. Like I feel like I feel oh. like I'm leaning no on World War Three. What do you think? I'm almost I don't know. I'm I'm almost worried that this is going to be their way that they're going to fix the economy. I think they're they're scared and maybe if we like take out a few million people and you know get the war machine going, it'll mm-hmm. fix everything. It's, it's funny. I just said that I I don't think anything's going to happen, but I have a friend who has a 19 year old son, and I actually messaged him with like a headline about the Ukrainian yeah. situation oh, and said, man. Oh, your son has something to do this summer. That's neat. Oh my gosh. All right. So anyway, uh, I mean, you don't want idle hands, you know? Mm-mm, mm-mm. All right. Devil's play things. Yeah. We're not going to make it on Twitch. Like, no, we're you know? not. Yeah, no, right. not if I keep pitching those. All right. Well, so you'd rather catch than pitch, eh? Ah, oh, there we go. I was waiting. All right. Uh, Tim Weissong writes, but there's nothing wrong with that. Your oh. money is just as green and gross as everyone else's. Inclusive. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tim Weissong writes, Dear Alan and Dave, would having native monkey species here in the U.S. be a good or bad thing? Mm. I was confused by that question when it came in, but I saw the thing. Oh, like, yeah. like, like, y'all have got some new, some yeah, new we... creatures in your neck of the woods, and so that's not... <laughs> So that question went from being hypothetical to, like, what are you yeah. going to do about it? What are you going to do about the diseased monkeys roaming the woods? Yeah, they can't just be monkeys that are going <laughs> to... No. Like, you know what those monkeys do, by the way? Their way of attacking is they try to rip your balls off. Did you know oh. that? Yeah. Specific. Because that... Effective. No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not me. That's what they do. <laughs> they do that, though, for real. So if you get if you get attacked by like a chimpanzee, yeah. there's a couple things you need to do. First of all, protect your sack. Yeah. And Definitely second of all, accept death anyway because it's going to happen. Like if you yeah, have you ever seen those things that have like alopecia and so you can see they're do they're swole. Yeah, shredded. Dude, yeah, they're jacked. They're like if like the the chimpanzees are only like three feet tall, dude. They're jacked. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, talking... if they like eat ticks or something, that'd be cool. We could have a few around. Yeah. So, so Protect instead of getting Lyme disease, you get Ebola. Yeah. That's that's fantastic, Dave. Yeah. And, and castrated. Yeah. <laughs> um. Carl Huber writes, "Dear Alan and Dave, I didn't. I don't really answer these questions. Have you noticed that? Like yeah, I we mock, just start talking. About I ask things. you the question, and then we just yeah. All right. Um. <laughs> Dear Alan and Dave." Do supporters of this page prefer red or white wine? 
you prefer red or white wine? I think white if you're a normal person. Not white. No, red. I, man, I got it wrong. Oh, you were you were just about to say I think white if you're normal. God yeah, damn no. it, Dave. <laughs> we're trying to be more personable and less problematic. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say red if if you're drinking wine. Okay. Soupy's got the right idea though. Bourbon if you're a man. I mean, I don't drink, so no. crazy. Would, would would red? Okay, here's my question. I have. I'm going to answer the question with a question. Would red and white wine be the same thing as Coke and Pepsi? Where like if you just mix them together, people just lose their shit. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think people go back and forth. I'm sure they have their favorites. The, no, come on. The people that go back and forth are perfectly welcome on this yeah. this channel. We're yeah. accepting, inclusive. Yeah, yeah. What what was that Biden quote that poor kids are just as talented as just white as, kids? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't know the president said that. No, I the didn't president say, said yeah. that. Yeah, he's problematic. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get flagged when I'm like I'm quoting yeah. the president. Mm -hmm. Hashtag save our democracy. All right. Um, you know, the thing was, is we didn't get enough viewer mail. Like a, a whole bunch of people give us viewer mail every week. And, and I noticed this week we didn't get it, get it from as many people. Um, but we got like 12 questions from the same two people. <laughs> and so as, yeah. as punishment for the people who didn't give us a question, I'm going to answer all of Carl's questions. So Carl Huber also writes rapid fire, dear Alan and Dave. Why are towels considered dirty when you get out of the shower clean? Because they don't make water hot enough to wash this off, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Carl Huber writes, Dear Alan and Dave, if two mind readers read each other's minds, whose mind are they really reading? Whoa. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh. I thought yeah. it was like putting two mirrors facing each other. Like, what would, What's in there? You can't look. Just nothingness. Um, Carl Huber also writes, Dear Alan and Dave, is there a connection between our lifestyle today and the rise in mental illness? Um, we approve of everyone's lifestyle <laughs> choices on this channel. It's twitch.tv slash Alan underscore mostly. Yeah. I've heard Dave doesn't, though. Dave doesn't care for hey. Your, hey. Your bullshit. I got excited because we had a notification. Um because when I saw we had a notification, I thought either it's a donation for an after party or it's you're no longer broadcasting yeah. on Twitch. It's it was neither. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, we're, yeah, we're we're fine. Um, Aaron, our Twitch mod, Aaron says, "Dear Dave, which is the better measure of morality: the motivation of the act, Kantism, or the consequences of the action, utilitarianism?" I'm gonna go with the first one. You monster. <laughs> Can't even. Uh, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Dave. Oh, the segment ended two minutes ago. Well, I better, better hurry up then. Uh, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Dave. If I submitted yet another Botox question, would you raise an eyebrow? Has he already submitted one? Can't remember. Well, I would ask you, but you told me right as we were starting the show, I'm not really the memory guy. Don't ask me. Yeah. yeah. So, if the producer doesn't know, who's going to know? 
That might have been during Sherry or Blake's time. We better we better phone him. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. Bring him in. Yeah, I'll All see right. if I can get a hold of him. All right. Um, and finally this evening, Marilyn Willimowski writes, Dear Alan and Dave. Uh-oh. Do you know how to do any of the dances, such as the electric slide, Macarena, or the cha-cha slide? If so, do you partake in these when they play at events? I was Ooh, a I'm, DJ. I'm, I'm the person yeah, I'm playing curious. them. So you've seen it done a lot. Have you ever Have you ever partook? Are we talking about dances or? Yeah, no, the dances. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I mean, I don't. I'm the D, the DJ doesn't t- play the song and then run out there and. Well, you you stand behind the little thing and, and you do the whole. Like however that goes. Boy, that was painfully Caucasian. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. that's my rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I've never partook, but I'm. I'm playing the song like I'm. Yeah. They're paying me. They're paying me to play the song. They're not paying me to join in the festivities. You know. That, that's your other profession. Actually, Anna K is yeah. <laughs> yeah. After we're done streaming this, we're going to be streaming on Pornhub. <laughs> Pornhub.com slash it's too late. Alan Mosley TV. Yeah. 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 Alan Mosley TV. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I asked Anna K about like, you know, like, how are we going to do the dances at our wedding? And first she said, what wedding? And then oh, she said, oh. yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Actually, she did say what dances. She she doesn't want to do any. She doesn't want to do dances. Like she's she she gets really shy. Like, I mean, she's already debasing herself to marry me. Like she's not gonna, she's not gonna then like dance, you know. So I got I got I can't wait to meet this girl. Yeah, I have to post pictures every now and then just so that people know that this isn't like a carefully yeah. constructed narrative that I have. Yeah, she she lives out of out of state. You can't yeah. meet her. No, yeah, she's from Thailand. We email. I send her money. Yeah, when you when you guys send me money to finance this show, I then forward that money. Yeah. To yeah. Girlfriend. Yeah. So, so Dave, if the camera's on me and not on you, they don't yeah. actually see you doing. Well, that, that was that was for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, we're only five minutes off schedule. So, guys, we're going to be back to talk with our good friend Tom Mullen of Tom Mullen Talks Freedom right after this commercial break. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. Guys, welcome back to the show. Our guest this evening is the host of Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, is the author of Where Do Conservatives and Liberals Come From? And Whatever Happened to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness? And also, A Return to Common Sense, Reawakening Liberty in the Inhabitants of America. His latest ebook, which you can see right here, is titled It's the Fed, Stupid. 
is available for free by signing up at his website, which is TomMullenTalksFreedom.com. Tom Mullen, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks, Alan. Uh, we were just talking right before we started today, so so I'll I will allow you to have some tissues on standby in case you're still <laughs> mourning the loss of the Bills last night. Oh, we're used to it over here in Western New York. There you see, that's the spirit right there. See, I'm a I'm a Cowboys fan, which I didn't mention before we got started. So I know now you'll you'll never speak to me again. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that I I told people, look, I knew that Dallas was going to lose in the first round. I knew that. And so when you just know that that's going to happen and then you know that you can just enjoy the rest of the playoffs without any anxiety, it's really liberating. <laughs> yeah, I remember I used to pull for the uh, Cowboys against the Steelers back in the 70s. Uh -huh. uh, and of course, my father was a Pittsburgh fan. And so was uh, I mean, after the Bills were out, which, you know, they weren't even in that often during the 70s. But um but I, you know, they never, never could, never could beat the Steelers. And I was always with them right to the end. So, well, I, you know, I'm, of course, I'm only 36. And so I was a Cowboys fan uh, early in life when they, uh, when they were absolutely terrible. Everyone forgets that they were like a 115 team to start the 90s. And then they all of a sudden got all these draft picks and, and then away they go. So I'm thankful that the last Super Bowl I got to see the, the Cowboys win was against the Steelers that was that was kind of like a uh, a catharsis if you will for I think a lot of older Cowboys fans and oh, they yeah. and they and they paid for that with now 30 years of misery <laughs> I forgot they did beat the Steelers in the 90s that's right yeah so uh Tom I showed everybody earlier here's here's the cover right here in in it's the Fed stupid and you've got look look at all those signs tax the rich uh, it, uh, forgive student loans, make healthcare affordable back to the constitution. No, just in the fed. So I think you're, you're suggesting that ending the fed is, would be quite the cure. You want to elaborate on that? Well, I mean, I've always heard that people vote in what they believe are their economic interests. And really when you, when you look at macroeconomic indicators since the 1970s, when, the dollar went off the gold standard. And with the New Deal regulatory fascist structure in place, keeping everything in a pretty tight box, really what what elected officials do is not made of a big difference. You, you can look at these charts over 20 year periods. And if I took the years away, nobody would be able to tell when a president, you know, came into office or when he left or what the policies were. But what you can pick off those charts is Federal Reserve inflation and a boom picking up speed and then a bust. Uh, you can almost call where they started tightening once you you know realize how the, the timing goes. So if people really care about their economic self-interest, they should be electing people who will eventually get rid of this monstrosity. It's the thing that causes most problems and the rest of it's just kind of noise. Well, it's, it's interesting. I know a lot of us are Ron Paul fans and Ron Paul, when he ran as a libertarian in 88, you know, he's talking about the fed. And then in the nineties and the two thousands, he's talking about the fed. And then when he runs again as a Republican, uh, 08, 2012, he's talking about the fed. And, and I know that that probably wasn't the most popular thing to do, but it did in fact, sort of bring discussion of the fed into the mainstream. 
Uh, and then you fast forward to now. I mean, you know, it, historically speaking, I mean, we're talking about that was yesterday. And now you fast forward to today and and we're sitting around thinking, boy, I wish we could just go back to 1996. Right. Like it, <laughs> like just just what has happened since since the pandemic. I mean, just what's happened uh, in the last few presidencies makes even the few presidencies before that pale in comparison. Yeah, you, you could say that again. I mean, it's it's bewildering. And I've been around for quite a few of these miscreants in the Oval Office and uh, what's gone on the last two years. And it really wasn't even done by presidents. It's done by bureaucrats. And that's, you know, another reason why the New Deal was so terrible that it it established all these federal agencies, which are all unconstitutional as insofar as they write rules. Um because the legislative power is supposed to be delegated to Congress. Not that I'm a big fan of the sacred constitution, but they ought to at least follow their own rules. I mean, that's where they say they get their power from. And, you know, it was really Fauci. And, and to be honest, I mean, uh, Fauci didn't even do any of this. He just recommended and all of these democratic governors just followed his lead and, and shut the whole country down. Yeah, and I shouldn't just say Democratic, most Republican governors as well, even the few good ones that turned it around, you know, in early 2021, at least through most of 2020, did this. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're we're sitting here begging for our overregulated, overtaxed lives of 2019 back and where we still had the TSA, which has never gone away. And neither will any of this, these masks, these lockdowns. Maybe not lockdowns when there's a Democrat in the White House, but you know none of this is going to go away unless we really push back. Now you, you mentioned you mentioned the New Deal in there, and I and Tom, I follow you on Twitter, uh, and I know that it, this isn't the first time that you've brought up that if somebody is is complaining about a particular bureaucrat, a particular unelected official in in some in some department or bureau that I'm and I'm positive I can't find anywhere in the constitution. I'm positive I can't find an article one section 8 anyone has the authority to create any of these things or delegate any of these powers. Um, and but I've seen you say on more than one occasion that look, if if we're talking about OSHA today and whether or not OSHA can mandate this or that, um, it's it's not good enough to just put a Band-Aid on any one issue. You're going to have to go back to something like the New Deal under FDR because that was really, um, I, I wouldn't even necessarily say the beginning, but it was when it was when the administrative state sort of exploded to where it was just the world's your oyster if you're a bureaucrat. And now, fast forward to today, um, we talk so much about precedent. Um, I don't I don't put a lot to sense into precedent, but our overlords do. So when our overlords decide, I need this random agency to establish this random code or law that's going to affect your business, your way of life, they're going to say, oh, well, we have precedent. And a lot of times that precedent goes back to the New Deal and court rulings uh, immediately following that. Well, it really all goes back to that, the administrative state, because <clears throat> uh, most of the New Deal was at first struck down by the Supreme Court and then the... Yes. Uh, evil guy with a cigarette holder threatened them with court packing. And then one of them flipped and then, you know, let most of it go through. Um, and before that, I mean, again, you know, it wasn't a perfect Ancapistan paradise or anything like that, but at least the legislative power stayed in Congress where it's somewhat more of an adversarial process. 
And even with, you know, people looking out for their own corrupt self-interest, elected officials, I mean, at least those played off against each other. When you have the executive department, basically the president just, you know, writing his own rules. I mean, I don't know. I heard somewhere that that's supposed to be like a dictator. And uh, it's gotten to the point now where it doesn't even matter what the president thinks. I mean, these agencies are on autopilot. And if you do get someone who wants to push back, uh, they revolt against him, which that's what we saw with Trump. Um, you know, not that I agree with a lot of his uh, knuckleheaded ideas, but, uh, you know, he did try to do, you know, something in, uh, he did try to contradict some of the administrative state. And of course, he just got, you know, uh, completely um, barraged by the media for this and, and excoriated all around for questioning the Saint Dr. Fauci. I, I don't know how history is going to look at that, but it, I hope it's not good. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I feel like that's that's a, a topic that is always going to come up with whenever anything like this happens, which is, you know, when we when we move forward, whether it's months or years down the road and, and people start to look back and say, well, look, this this was these were clearly the wrong ideas. These were clear, uh, clearly uh, not the right moves. Um, for me, it's not, it's not good enough. And for a lot of people, it's not good enough to just look back in hindsight and say, well, this didn't work. I wonder what their motives were. Were they just benevolent dictators who got things wrong or was their special interest at work? Because at the end of the day, way more often than not, no one will ever suffer any consequences uh, for their actions. I, I know, I know you and I would love to have a job where we could get paid six, seven <laughs> figures or more. And, and what we actually do is completely irrelevant because we'll get reappointed or hell, hell our department will get a raise. Yeah. It's funny. I haven't read Scott Atlas's book, but he, he went in there with uh, Fauci and what was the scarf lady's name? I can't remember. Uh, Burks Burks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's, doing what we do on, on Twitter, where he's digging up these reports right off the government website studies that show, look, the masks don't work. The vaccines are questionable at best and et cetera, et cetera. And he said, they just weren't even interested. It wasn't that they disagreed with him or said this study is not valid because they hadn't read the studies that he brought in and they really weren't interested in even talking about them. And why would they be? I mean, when you're there for 40, 50 years and you've screwed up everything you've ever done and there are no consequences, as you just said, I mean, it really is in your rational self-interest to not spend a lot of time um, reading stuff like, you know, medical data to uh, address a medical supposed emergency. Well, I feel like if there's any silver lining there to that, it's that uh, more people today than perhaps, you know, a year or two years ago can start to see these reports by the so-called experts and the authorities and not and not only not just believe them out of hand because it 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 be, it came from you know such an anointed source but actually start to see um, I'll give you an example. We talked about Justice Sotomayor the last couple of weeks and some yeah. of the just boneheaded things she said in court. But the but but the the takeaway there being is that these are unimpressive people. I feel like if you're you know if you're a third grader in social studies and they talk about all these great benevolent people who run the country or whatever, your default position is is oh they must have gotten there for a reason, you know oh if. If Josh Allen's the quarterback of the Bills, it's because he's he's the man for the job. He's he's athletic. He's qualified to run the offense. Um, it's a combination of 
Um, he's he's better than other alternatives, and there's nobody else on the roster that can play quarterback better than him. It's it's a meritocracy. That's not the case with government <laughs> bureaucrats. It's I mean, it, it, you might find one out of a thousand that genuinely is competent at their job. And what, and, and what I would be willing to venture is, is that anyone that is competent at their job doesn't stay in the public sector that long, either because uh, they can't stand the filth around them or because they're, they get shoved out because they don't, they don't want people to have answers. It's everyone's seen that meme of, you know, here's an answer. And the person lights the file on fire and says, I don't, I don't want an answer. I want to be mad. Well, that's how a lot of government bureaucracy is. You know, they don't, they don't really want studies from Scott Atlas. They, they want to pursue their agenda. If his study happened to pursue their agenda, I'm sure they would trumpet it. But if it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Yeah, there, there is that. And I will say, though, there is a lot of good people in the government that are working in this perverse system. And it, it's funny because, I mean, I've been in a lot of different businesses. I worked for the health insurance industry for most of the 90s into the early 2000s. So I dealt with a lot of public health officials. And you'd be surprised how many good people are in there just frustrated as as heck. And, uh, you know, they, they, they just don't understand. Yeah. You're in a system where all the incentives are backwards. They, this problem is never going to be solved. It can't be solved by the government. The government, you know, it, it goes back to the old roads question, right? I mean, the government doesn't want the road to be fixed. Then all those people are out of work right now. They could say, look, I employed 600 people working on the road, you know? So, um, you know, there it's it's just a system of perverse incentives that can never work, and I would say has never worked. It's, you know, we have this these kind of fond ideas about freedom from the early republic, but it was really a matter of okay, they started off, you know, brand new, started whittling away at this this free republic that they supposedly built right from the get go, and it's just you know one one disaster after another, ending in a civil war. And then we had a new kind of system with no longer voluntary. And, uh, you know, just decade after decade, it just, you know, let's let's see if the government can build a railroad. Nope, can't do that. All the railroads went bankrupt. Um, let's see if the government can, uh, can solve a, a recession. Nope, it lasted 17 years, really, if you count it the right way. So uh, did I say recession? I meant depression. I'm using their words now. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you really can't go back and point to anything. But if you read a history book, the ones we all got in school, it was, oh, there was a big problem and the government had to solve it. And, you know, there were some people who wouldn't cooperate or the government would have done even better. Something like that. I don't know. You know, I, I that's why I'm just afraid that in 20 years, people are going to look at this COVID thing like that that we can all see as a disaster, a nightmare. And I just, I just cringe when I, when I think of what might be written about it. Well, that's, that's an excellent point. I, I've, I've heard it put, you, you know, you hear a lot of these folks, I'm, I'm going to affectionately call them boomer cons that always say the phrase, we just have to get back to the constitution. We just have to get back to X. We just have to get back to these days that my rosy colored glasses remember. And, and, and my question immediately back to all those people is get back to when. What, what date specifically do you want to go back to in which things were good then that are, not, that are broken now? Uh, and I think far too many people, to your point, um, believe whether it was when they were younger or, or their formative years or their grandparents' generation or the, great, the greatest generation. You become great by fighting in wars. 
um, you know, or World War One, or or whatever, or before the Civil War, or even the founding. Everyone has a date that they say, if we just get back to there, everything's going to be fixed. And and it's and it's a hard pill for people to swallow when they do study history and realize, you know, if I was living there then, I'd have these same complaints. You, you know, the, it's funny because when Jefferson got elected in 1800, he, he used to refer to that as the revolution of 1800. He felt like there needed to be another revolution 11 years after the Constitution was ratified. Of course, the Constitution itself was a revolution. Um that that somewhat undid the revolution of 1776. But, you know, even even then, if you went back to that and let's just say you could erase slavery to get rid of that that problem, um, you know, what did that last four years? I mean, his second term was a disaster. I mean, even he thought it was a disaster. He couldn't wait to, to leave. And most people hated him by the time he left. So, yeah, there is no time you're going to go back and find this wonderful you know, just right government. I think I probably would never have become an ANCAP if the, the the government obeyed the Constitution, but it really never has. It's just been a matter of time. Like the first Congress did the bank, and after that, it was you know, just one thing after another every decade or so. Well, I, I want to switch gears here for a little bit. Uh, Tom Mullen talks freedom. The podcast. Uh, a, a relatively recent invention of yours. I, I wanted to ask you, first of all, are you okay? Are you of sound mind and body? What on earth would make you <laughs> want to start a podcast, Tom? Well, I had this idea. I wanted to be an author <laughs> for back in the, the 2000s, and I wrote a couple of books. And the second one I was pitching around, and uh, the the publisher, one of the publishers came to me and said, this is a great book. I love your writing. I don't know how we could sell it, you know, because only celebrities sell books and it's even hard for them these days. I've been inside the business now for six, seven years. And, uh, but they kept saying, you got to start a podcast. You got to start a podcast. And I was never the type that wanted to be, you know, kind of in the limelight or, you know, I like to write, I like to do that. Um, I, I like doing the show and I love interviewing the people because, you know, I can learn something and it's just, you know, it's a fun job, but, um, it's never had that kind of want to be a celebrity thing, but that's what you have to do to get your writing out there. So after all this time and, you know, I'm in a different place in life now, I finally decided, well, I'm going to give this a try and it'll give me an opportunity to, you know, grow my audience and some more people can read my stuff. And I don't know what the heck I'm trying to do, but, uh, that's the best story I can come up with. <laughs> It's, it sounds a little bit like chicken before the egg type situation. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, John Taylor Gatto, one of my, um, sure. one of my favorite writers yeah. said, uh, we're a nation of talkers. Right. And, um, you know, that's unfortunately true, um, that most people don't read very much. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with like listening to an audio book or, or whatever, but most people are not interested in any kind of long form kind of, um, self-education. So, um, you know, this is, this is the medium. If you want to reach people, I mean, I, I'd love to write 10 more books, but if nobody reads them, why bother writing them? So, uh, here I am. That's, 
that's that's such a mirrored equal to what I've heard before that uh, you know I've I've written the offhand little article here and there that's been published by the the usual suspects and and a few a few friends of ours that I know are mutual friends of ours but I, I won't name them so that I don't shame them on air who they themselves are professional writers that's what they do for a living and I would send them an article that I had written and I'd said hey do you think this is any good and they would and they would say oh yeah Alan this is really good and I would say oh great I'm I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna get it published this is gonna be awesome and they'd write back nobody reads though yeah <laughs> and those are people that they make their living writing right and they're yeah. telling me well don't bother nobody reads well i ghost wrote a bunch of new york times bestsellers two number ones um and i know how many books were sold to get to that number one position and it's frightfully not that many a couple hundred thousand and you know you're a, you're a number one bestseller and that's total life of the book so um you know it's tough um, and you know, I, I guess there's nothing like it, there's no immutable law of nature that says the 300 page book is the only way to educate or communicate. But, um, you know, it's what I, uh, was used to and kind of work for the age of reason, so-called for a couple hundred years. And, um, you know, we used to be a lot freer when a lot more people read a lot more books not that we were completely free, but we were freer. So maybe there's a connection. Well, on that note, uh, a theme that I carry a lot on this show, which was actually something, it's funny. Uh, one of the last times you and I talked, uh, you said, Hey, give me, give me some topics. And, and I said, okay, I will. And then I never said anything because, um, <laughs> as I was discussing with a few of my other friends off air that whenever anyone asks me for topics, I always think, I don't know. What do I talk about? Because when you do a show where you talk to other people about what they talk about, then the answer is, well, I don't really know what I talk about. Uh, and then, and then I, but I've changed that. I, I've kind of, I kind of have this emerging sort of thing that I'm, I'm, I'm taking possession of, which is my niche is to try to live by example. And I don't necessarily mean that in the, in the really classical principle sense. I mean that more in the sense of, you know, you can enjoy a show, you can, you can read books, you can watch sports, you can play music, um, you can enjoy all manner of things in life, and you can do all of that without asking the question, what's the libertarian position on this? <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't have to consume your identity. And, and something, and I know you've seen this online, if you, if you, if you stick around in, in libertarian groups enough, you'll run into people that constantly ans ask that question, and they have this attitude of, well, I just can't be happy until we live in a free society. And I think, wow, you're going to die unhappy then. Because I, I don't know if living in a free society is, is in the cards for us in our lifetimes, but why would you let these people steal your happiness? Why would you choose to not be happy because we don't live in a perfect world. And the reason why I brought all that up is, is that you, I know that you're a musician. You and I are both musicians. And, and, and it's something that I actually really like about you is that you have these hobbies and interests and skills and things that you've cultivated over a lifetime that, that aren't just expressly political, that aren't just expressly you know, this, this is, this is my life's philosophy and it bleeds into everything that I say and do. So I want you to take some time to tell everybody about your music. Well, my own music, I grew, I mean, I grew up in the, um, 
I was a preteen in the seventies. I, I was 13 in in, um, uh, 19, what, <laughs> 78, end of 78. So, um, I kind of first started playing music when the so-called new wave music came out and that really grabbed me before that. I was a, believe it or not, when I was a kid, I was a big Elvis fan. And then, uh, I liked Elvis and my cousin liked the Beatles cause he had older brothers and sisters who were teenagers when the Beatles were still, still around. So we always used to have these arguments about who was better Elvis or the Beatles. And then I discovered Buddy Holly. So I like, was with, like at a complete anachronism in 1979 or 80, I'm listening to like Buddy Holly records and, and Elvis, he's listening to the Beatles. Of course, we later found out the Beatles based their whole band on Buddy Holly to <laughs> try to wrote their first like 40 songs, trying to imitate them as according to Paul McCartney anyway. Um, so I liked all that stuff. And then this, this new music came out like REM. I bought their first album. Uh, I like the alarm. All of the stuff that in the eighties that was like guitar oriented, a little harder. Not, I didn't really like the Depeche Mode and that kind of so-called new wave. U um, two when they were first out, I, I was a big fan of theirs. So I was in bands, you know, from from uh, near the end of high school until I moved to Florida in two thousand four, and that's the kind of music I like to play: the Pretenders, the Talking Heads. These were all, you know, the groups I like. So I think my music's got a lot of that in it. Um, it's definitely got a lot of, got some Buddy Holly in it. I tend to play, write real melodic kind of stuff, but it's always got to have kind of a little swing to it, a little edge. So I can never end really, this is probably why I'm not a, a big star, other than, other than I'm not very good, um, <laughs> other than maybe writing some catchy stuff. Uh, but I can never really uh, sell it or give it a, a visual image, but it's, it's got a lot of those influences in it for sure. See, I, I've told people a, a great many times is that in before this, I was a jazz musician. And then after I was a jazz musician, I then started a podcast. And so that's how, you know, I'm broke. <laughs> because <laughs> right. that's, I, it, It's just been one terrible life decision after another, after another. Um, but, but then again, at the same time though, there's certain parallels. I feel like there's, if you if you if you look at it from a broad perspective of just content creation, you know, with with any type of content creation, there's obviously trying to be good at what you do, right? Let's just it's just being competent at whatever form of art you do is. But there's knowing your audience, there's finding a niche, there's there's a sort of developing a brand. I feel like all those things are present in Tom Mullen Talks Freedom, right? Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I do subject my listeners to Tom Mullen music uh, on the, um, you know, the breaks going to the commercial and coming back. The show intro is a song I wrote called Twilight. So uh, they they get it whether they like it or not. And so far, <laughs> at least they keep coming back. So, you know, it's not scaring them away anyway. But I, I'm finally getting somewhat decent on the guitar. Like my job was always to chunk out rhythm guitar and sing lead. So I, the last song I recorded was a song called Invisible Hand, believe it or not. I don't write very much political stuff, but I wrote a song. I think the only free market anthem um, that's ever been recorded. I can't name another one. And uh, that one I played all the guitars on. And the people who reviewed it uh, said, boy, this guy really knows how to put together guitar. And I'm sitting here thinking, 
yeah, that, that was it. That's all I can do. <laughs> that was the, the, the tall and short of my guitar playing. So uh, I usually get somebody better to play lead and I play rhythm. This is, this is a new question. Um, this will be my penultimate one for you. This is a new question that I have specifically for people that I have on the show that I know they themselves uh, have a product. They have a show. They broadcast something. If I were to say five years from now, oh, Tom Mullen talks freedom. That was a big success. What does that look like? Well, I just think that it, re it reached a wide audience and the quality did stay up. I mean, so far, I've just had the greatest guests and I appreciate them coming on the show and giving me their time. And if I can keep that and keep growing the audience and, you know, I know there's tens or hundreds of thousands of people out there who have at least heard something different than they'll hear on CNN or, or whatever, then I think that'll be a success for me. Yes. Amen to that. See, you know, as someone who hosts a late night show, I got to tell you, being able to con slash convince a great guest like Tom Mullen <laughs> to come on, that's just a whole segment of the show where I don't have to do anything. They, they, they do all the work. Yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's much easier to interview people than to, uh, to be interviewed, I think, because you're genuinely, you're, first of all, you're asking people that you want to get on. So they come on and then you've usually got a list of things you'd like to know yourself. And I guess if I want to know it, I, I assume other people do too. So it, it kind of just, the show writes itself in that respect, I think. All right, Tom, where can people go to support you and find more of your stuff? TomMullenTalksFreedom.com. Wow, short and sweet. See, this is a guy you can tell has been around the block before because he knows you don't just give him 40 links at the end of the show. You tell him the one place, the one-stop shop. That's how you do it. Tom, we're going to get you out of here of this one before the break. If you have two lasagnas and you stack one lasagna on top of the other, is it still two lasagnas or is it now just a lasagna? I would say it's one lasagna. That's correct. Very good. Way to go. He did it, ladies and gentlemen. He's won the bonus round. It is now a single lasagna. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, we're going to be back to wrap up the show right after this break. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Mosley. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter. Twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Also, we're now on Odyssey. It's odyssey.com. It's too late with Alan Mosley or at Alan Mosley TV. If you're more of a listener than a watcher, you can get us on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Thanks to Anchor FM. It's anchor.fm slash Alan Mosley TV. Uh, how about that? How about Tom Mullen over there? Good dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom's fantastic. Uh, I think at the end of the week here, I'm going to be on Tom Mullen Talks Freedom. Oh, wow. Except for when he was on my show, it was, here's some useful information. And when I'm on his show, it's, we're never going to have you back. <laughs> this is, you're getting this, we're off air. 
Uh, Dave, do you have a final thought? Uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about the new the whole new Twitch thing. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to becoming more personable, less problematic, more inclusive. Uh huh. Accepting people and and all this stupid stuff that they think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's a a bright new horizon for us. Um, I feel like we I felt like we were on our best behavior this week. Uh, quick shout out to the chat, everybody who who joined us tonight. Uh, Mary says, "Is Alan taking his down for Tim?" Oh, I, I, I told Tim I'd take my hair down. Oh. Get get casual. <laughs> I already I already lost my tie. How much more undressed oh, wow. do I have to be? You know. Um, that's Twitch.tv/slash Alan underscore Mosley is that last link. Um, let me check the live update really quick on donations. We needed a hundred dollars for an after party, and the final total is. Nothing. Oh, I just missed it. <laughs> you just missed it. <laughs> Maybe if I had said the challenge was $10, we would have done like a 10-minute after party. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, we're a little, I think we're a little late on that one, so... Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go watch some Witcher anyways. You still... God! How are we, how are we gonna do our Witcher segment when you haven't seen The Witcher? Yeah, that's gonna be tricky. Yeah. I think I'm gonna grow my hair out until my hair is as long as Geralt's. Yeah. Ooh, I should dye it white and get those yellow contacts and so on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We oh we, we oh we we all we did get a sub. We did we get a we did get a sub, so that puts us about two percent of the way to our goal for an after party. That's so, awesome. Yeah, you've literally got 30 seconds to come up with the last 98% of the total. Um, guys... No, I, I, I hit stop streaming a while ago. The show is over. You said oh, an hour, right? Oh, this is just us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just me, me and Dave like to pantomime a program. Just keep us, keep us sharp. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week. So what do you think? Could have been worse. Oh yeah, it could definitely have been worse. <laughs> oh, I, I did forget. I did forget one great joke. What I was going to say was, is Joe Biden oh. said that he pledged to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court, and I thought, you don't want one of those people. <laughs> you know, women, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 But women, yeah. What did you think I was thinking? No, I, that's yeah. I don't know. You're, I, I wouldn't even. That's I problematic. Even say you don't want a woman to this.